Hello and welcome to episode 100 of Starting Small. This episode and this milestone is so crazy to me because this podcast has taken me on a journey that has truly transformed and changed my life with the opportunities granted, along with providing a platform for founders to share their stories, their transparent stories, to hopefully in goal, inspire the next generation of aspiring entrepreneurs. So in this episode, I wanna share my story, the same structure that I use in my interviews, completely flow through my upbringing, my education, and the founding story to starting small on why this has all happened. So to give reference as well, before we get into it, starting small, the concept and the philosophy behind it from day one is that everyone starts small. I wanna project that these founders to people of my age especially have once started where you are. They started from idea, from nothing, from their parents' basement, from a kitchen, wherever it may be, to launch. The brands that we love and consume, their stories aren't projected well enough Many of us don't know the stories behind some of our favorite brands, and this platform has given the chance to founders to really tr- to share that transparent story, the successes, the failures, the strategies used to overcome that to become the brand that we love today. So in this episode, I want to go back to my upbringing. Uh, born and raised in South Bend, Indiana, still reside here currently. It's actually changing in the next week. Um, but this area is called Michiana, Northern Indiana. Uh, we have Chicago, Lake Michigan. It's a very comfortable, it's a decent sized city. And my life and my upbringing was very uh, comfortable. I come from a middle class family, two good parents, uh, three older brothers. There's a slight age gap there, 10 years difference between me and them. So I was slightly like an only child once they got out around six or seven years ago. So my upbringing was, I would say, very good. I had a good upbringing, comfortable, into athletics. The school system that I went through was very well known in our area. It's a good public school system that I was grateful for the opportunities that I had good academics, a good athletic program, along with a chance to do many other extracurricular activities. So moving on to my grade school years, um, in my early grade school years, I got really into running. My father went to Purdue University. He still holds the records at my middle school, at my high school, and was the captain at Purdue University and still holds much reputation at that university. And that is actually what inspired me to get into running as well uh, in hopes of seeing if I can beat one of those records, but that did not happen. So in those grade school years, I was really dedicated to this craft of running. I was focused on academics, but at the same time, athletics, running in specific, cross country and track was really important to me. Uh, This has shaped my mindset, has made me who I am today, motivational-wise, teamwork-wise. And these years have been very vital to shaping my mindset as a go-getter. And as we progress into my high school years, I got into also drumming. So I'm balancing these crafts, running my athletic side, and then I got into drumming. I remember I was always banging on the car seats, on the windows, whenever the radio would be playing with my parents. And remembering that the beat behind that, those songs that we know, is exactly what I want to do. When I would go to concerts, I'd always watch the stage. And the drummer was always the one with the most energy, always looked like he was having the most fun. And I knew that that's what I wanted to do. So it's bizarre. This change that has happened to where we see starting small today, my life today, it's completely changed. In high school, my mindset was all about running, academics, and drumming. My goal was to be a touring musician in drums, which is an amazing field. I have a lot of friends from it today, but it's completely transformed as my time progressed. 
to keep diving into that drumming though, I got really deep into it, uh, deeper than just performing at school. I was solely into drum set, not percussion in general. Uh, I grant a lot of my opportunities today, actually, to these vital years in drumming. I began to really focus on my personal brand through high school to give me an opportunity. Again, I came from the Midwest, a place where opportunity, and especially creative arts, is not really granted unless you make that path for yourself. I remember coming home from high school and immediately running downstairs where I had my studio, my drums, and I would record a one-minute video. This is what has changed my life, actually, is socials. A one-minute video of me drumming every single day. I'd come home from classes, throw my backpack down, run downstairs, and record videos of me drumming, and I would post that to every platform I can, or every platform I could. And Instagram really gave me a chance to connect with people around the globe and uh, the music industry that I wouldn't have been granted otherwise. So continually uh, progressing around this idea of drums, I got really passionate around sharing my craft and sharing different genres of music. And what that has done is shown my diversity and offerings on the drum set to artists and management teams. And as my grade school years continued, I actually had amazing opportunities happen with drums. Uh, it was going into my junior year I continued to release videos every single day and was hoping that one opportunity would happen from this. I had some endorsement deals happen where some brands would actually sponsor some of my products that I use in drums, but my goal was for an artist to find me, to give me a chance to actually be on that stage that I used to drum on in my car listening to music or go to concerts. I wanted to be that drummer. And flash forward, going into junior year, I actually had an opportunity to drum with an artist called Jamie Grace. She's a contemporary Christian artist, uh, two-time Grammy nominee, and she saw my videos. It shows that if you're willing to get yourself out there, no matter the platform, no matter the uh, use of how you do it, people really have so much access at the palms of their fingertips. I was utilizing literally my iPhone 5 at the time, coming down to my parents' basement, recording myself, and this was getting all the way to California to reach a management team and an artist that has given me an opportunity. So this artist, Jamie Grace, she finds my videos. This is uh, going into my junior year of high school. She reaches out and said, there's an opening this weekend to play in Sacramento, California. Her drummer wasn't able to make it at the time, but she was a fan of my videos. I went on out there. My parents supported it. They came with me. I was only 17 at the time. And the rest has completely changed from there. From there, I stepped down from my athletic career and running and full, solely focused on my academics and drumming. The opportunity with Jamie Grace for that first time in California, I remember that getting that message at first. I was in a tulip festival in Michigan walking with my parents. I looked down and saw the message from Jamie uh, saying that our management team was going to contact me that night. And I was in complete shock. I didn't even have my license. Didn't have my, I think I just had my permit at that time. And flying out to California literally the next day as a high school student from the small Midwest area was insane. Um, I'm grateful for that opportunity because Jamie has opened up many doors to continue drumming for her. And through high school and really early college years, I had the opportunity to drum with her and some amazing other artists that have given me a chance to really travel at a young age. And it's all because of building that personal brand at a digital level. Remember, I'm coming from the Midwest where opportunity is really hard to find if you're not going to be able to hunt it for yourself. So with that, I continue on and I'm going to college. 
I go to a small college, Bethel University, in also northern Indiana, very close to my home. And what made me choose this decision was they had the academics I wanted and the field I wanted to get into, but it also allowed me to still live at home and pursue as hard as I can without distractions in the dorm, my drums, and my other endeavors at the time. So as I went on to Bethel, uh, drumming was a strong passion of mine, but I knew it was not the overall end goal. I knew longevity-wise, to go into drums and go, go into full-time touring, it's a very different lifestyle from what I was born into and what I was used to. It was such an amazing and life-changing experience at an early age, but I was not sure if it would be really for me like in the long run. So as I continued through grade school, had an amazing time at Bethel University, this is where starting small and the idea of starting small is actually developed. I have always had a deep passion for storytelling and figuring out that even my closest friends have amazing stories that just talking with them, hearing those stories, it's bizarre to hear what we go through as people and many people don't know. And when you sit down and take the time to talk to someone and figure out that story, it's really inspiring to hear what people have been able to do in their lives. So going into my junior year of college, or now we just finished my sophomore year or finishing my sophomore year. This is at the dawn of COVID. This is before COVID was even announced, before I knew about it. January 2020, the idea of starting small has evolved. I remember sitting in my kitchen looking at, I say on the press, a bottle of syrup. I don't remember exactly what it was, but looking at a product and thinking, what is the story behind this brand? I knew there was a heritage piece on the back of the label. And knowing that there's so many brands that I look up to, but I don't know how it is, how it has evolved and what the story is behind it. I wanted to give an opportunity to founders, small business owners even, a chance to share their story on how the brands that we love were started from the ground up. So this is 2020, January 2020, the idea evolves. I remember hiking up all of my strategies I use for drums from marketing my personal brand and marketing and getting um, endorsement and sponsorship opportunities. I bundled up all of that together, all of the expertise before I even launched. It was very important for me before launching Starting Small that everything was very ironed out and I focused on the specific equipment that I needed, the software that I needed to record, and how was this logistically going to work interviewing wise with all of these founders. My idea was to stay local and go directly to the founders, if it's small businesses, a bakery, and interview them and share their story. My idea was never from the start, it was actually to scale this large and actually scale um, actually around the world. But as Starting Small evolved, I thought who could be my first guest? And I thought back to a moment in high school. If you remember my running years and my drumming years has evolved in high school. I emailed this guy named Chuck Sirak. Chuck Sirak is the CEO and founder of Sweetwater Sound, which is out of Fort Wayne, Indiana, about two hours away from me. It's a $4 billion music retail distribution center. It's like the Amazon of music. I emailed him. I was just finishing a math test, actually. This is in high school, my junior year. I emailed him and said, hello, Chuck. I'm a senior, not a senior, a uh, junior in high school. What is the culture like at Sweetwater? And how does someone move up into the administration team at Sweetwater? It was a bizarre question to ask, but I wanted to see if he would get back to me and what a founder and a CEO at that level, how he would respond to a question like that coming from just someone as young as I was. 
he got back to me that night. This is still in high school flashback. He got back to me and completely answered the question. It was Chuck himself. And from there, nothing happened. But as we go back to 2020, the idea of starting small, I thought back to that moment. I thought, what a better episode than episode one to have Chuck Sirak at such a massive scale. There might not be a chance that he would do this. I had no idea if he would accept or not. But I remember in visualizing starting small, getting all of my equipment ready, and I was ready to record episode one. I had all of the concept ready. I reached out to Chuck uh, going into February. I reached out and said, hello, Chuck. I'm starting this new podcast called Starting Small. I shared the entire envision to him, and I sent a screenshot of my first message to him from high school. I said, I reached out to you in high school. I asked this question down below, see, see the photo copied on this email. And I would love it if you'd be my first guest of Starting Small. No worries if not, but it would truly be an honor to share your story since I look up to his story. He got back to me literally that night, copied his assistant, and we set up the interview, which was one week later. One week later. And going into that interview, it was like a movie. I drove down to the Sweetwater headquarters. It's a massive facility. I walked down these doors. Um, the administration team and their assistants are opening the doors for me. And I was walking down this long aisle. You look to your left, there's the lawyer offices. You look to your right, there's the marketing team. There's a CEO over here. And then you go down these winding doors and there's Chuck's office. You walk in, the wooden doors open. Chuck swivels his seat around and he greets me. It was crazy because I had no idea where the podcast was going to go. But having a first guest at that scale is a reason. I tell him today, we meet once, once a year now. I tell him today because he took the chance to be my first guest. He is a large reason that we were able to scale and I was able to get some of the guests that we have today. That episode ended great, very smooth, and he was very excited to hear this platform and this show really expand to what it is today. So after that interview with Chuck has ended, I was really excited for the future and growth of starting small with that same idea in mind to interview local businesses to interview in person i wasn't really aware of the opportunity to interview strongly as you can in virtual aspect but covid hit so that had to really expand my opportunities and my horizons and thinking on how can i continue the show at the scale and the growth that i still want to pursue uh doing some research i know that podcasts typically don't make it past episode eight and i know a lot of podcasters out there because of the work it's hard to continue there's a lot of researching editing promoting scheduling um, etc and while I was in the midst of school I was doing all of this I was completely running like the side hustle while in school which was a lot of hard work balancing especially when classes began to shut down so as classes shut down I figured out a way to really take an opportunity to interview virtually what you see in the format of starting small today is a large reason why we scaled it has given me the chance to skip ahead, we'll skip ahead here, um, to interview some amazing founders such as North Face, Reebok, my fifth episode was Cards Against Humanity, um, Next Door, Kodiak Cakes, and many more. The opportunity that Starting Small is granted, and it's weird to say that COVID has really amplified, has given me a chance to project these stories that of the brands that we know that I would have never have had a chance to speak to before as a college student if it wasn't for this platform. So continuing on th from there, as starting small has really continued to change my life, um, the hours that I had to put in for the show to maintain it at the quality I wanted to was bizarre. I was doing schoolwork from 8 a.m. to whatever my class times would be. And in between all those classes, I was either, either doing homework and studying 
or I would run starting small in between classes. I would have an interview for starting small. And then that entire night would always be editing, booking for the next guest lineup of starting small, promoting and working on schoolwork for the next day. This process was all throughout that uh, 2020, the rest of that spring semester going into that summer. And that summer of 2020 was when starting small really amplified. I remember when COVID hit, I knew this was my opportunity as a college student to network with people that I've never had the chance with before because their schedules are slightly more opened up. Something I want to uncover there and a question I get asked a lot is, how do you book the guests that you've had on? And it all revolves back to that first episode starting at a very high caliber with Chuck. As I mentioned earlier in this episode, having Chuck accept to be the first guest truly is a moment that the podcast needed to really scale at the caliber and the speed that we did. If you can have something that you can have a piece of a momentum, if you have momentum on anything in life and you can recognize that momentum and really ride it, the sky's the limit on what can really happen. If you let obstacles get in the way and any hurdles, it can slow down the process. But as soon as that momentum, such as Chuck accepting to be that first guest, ride the momentum, continue to shoot for high caliber guests and ride that momentum to really take advantage of the credibility that you've established with that first episode. So from there, the portfolio began to grow as we began, began to get higher and higher executives. The process for that, that I have not shared often, but I get asked quite a bit, what does the pitching process look like to pull in one of these guests? I have never actually shared this uh, public on how I do this because it was very confidential at the time. But my pitching process is a format that I've used since pretty much episode one. It starts with a couple pillars the first pillar is present who I am immediately. It's very, very focal, very concise. This is either to the founder themselves, their assistant, or the press page. So present who you are. Hi, my name is Cameron Nagel. I'm the host of Starting Small, an entrepreneurship podcast, and a very concise explaining what I do. From there, immediately, don't bring up any of my work. No, don't acknowledge myself, but acknowledge what they do. Admire their work. Number two, always admire their work. So if that's sharing an accomplishment they have recently had or just simply sharing that you look up to the work that they do, that completely psychologically shifts their mind, knowing that it's not a selfish point of view, but it's a selfless point of view that you are trying to really project their story because you really look up to their story. You're trying to project it and share that with your audience to hopefully have an impact on a listener out there. Number one, present yourself. Number two, admire their work. Number three, demonstrate your own credibility. Then I share our credibility and portfolio of guests we've had. So hello, my name is Cameron. I'm the host of Starting Small. Explain that. I really look up to your work and admire your work in XYZ. And then number three, credibility. To date, we've had on the founders of North Face, Reebok, Kodiak Cakes, and more. And then number four, the fourth pillar, very concisely construct this message, close it out quick. Explain how long the interview will be, what they can expect, and ask for a valid email or what would be the best contact to move forward with scheduling the logistics. So overall, that pitching process and getting my guests, it's a very concise and very thought out message that I have that it is very focused on the admiration for their work. Very concise message that they can read literally in 30 seconds and understand what I do, what's expected from both parties and to see if they want to take part. So from there, that has really unfolded and been a major part demonstrating our credibility and the expansion and scaling of starting small. What I want to touch on is some opportunities, though, that have arised. Let's flash back to fall 2021. 
I have, no, 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 fall 2020. So this is only like episode 17 or 18. I have the CEO of Twice Toothpaste, Julian Levine. And after interviewing Julian, I knew this company was very, very inspiring because of their mission-based. Um, part of their proceeds goes towards the Glow Good Foundation, which gives oral care to those in need. And because of these mission-based brands, I'm always drawn to these because it's not just the product they're trying to make a profit off of, but there's also a very selfless act of giving back due to what their nature of their product is and the cause that they support. So in this time period of 2020, the fall of 2020, I'm a sophomore, or not, I, I'm just a junior actually now um, in college. I'm really hungry at this point to continue building my resume. I reflect on this interview I had with Julian and the opportunity that my podcast has granted to date. What can I really transform and make out of this to present maybe an internship opportunity I know that I have demonstrated a strong portfolio at this point that these founders, uh, almost 70 to 80% have offered internships or jobs that I know that I can have a great chance during my school years right now if I can have an opportunity with one of these fast growing businesses. Uh, for reference, uh, in my area, an internship is very generic to go to a financial institution or firm that's very sought after, especially in a business degree. I wanted to really be different, um, get my foot in the doorstep of a fast-paced oral care startup as Twice Toothpaste. I pretty much, very simply put, I messaged Julian and told him, thank you again for joining the podcast. I'm hungry to build my resume. Is there any chance I can have an opportunity to intern at Twice? And immediately he got back to me and said, you're in. So that goes to show that nurturing this relationship with Julian alone has presented an amazing opportunity to work with Twice Toothpaste that they're pretty much family to me now. I've been to their house many times in New York City, gone to their father's practice, and that's what actually moves, we're gonna move forward here on how building this relationship with Julian and working with Twice um, alongside Julian's brother, Cody Levine, has opened another door from this podcast, another relationship, their father, Dr. Jonathan B. Levine. He is one of the top New York's, uh, top aesthetic dentists out of New York City. And Cody Levine, Julian's bro brother, when I was working at Twice, only about three months in, messaged me and said, hey, hey our father's looking for um, marketing support. We recommend you to him. Would you be interested in talking with him? And I said, sure. Not expecting exactly what I was getting into. Then to come to find out, um, I start talking with Dr. Levine. I join his team. He is a very, very um, sought-after dentist in New York City. He's a celebrity dentist. Um, Twice Toothpaste is co-founded by Lenny Kravitz, who is Dr. Levine's patient. And Dr. Levine is a trailblazer in dentistry. Much of the technology you see in your dental practices comes out of his practice. He is always focusing on innovation. And from starting small, moving into the interview with Twice with Julian, moving into the opportunity with Dr. Levine. I had Dr. Levine on the podcast a couple months into working with him. It's crazy to watch these relationships unfold. I've been to New York City many times because of this podcast opportunity, opening it up to twice, opening it up to working with JBL New York City, Dr. Levine's practice and his personal brand. It's been truly a bizarre opportunity to come from a small city and a very Midwest different lifestyle to directly during school work with a fast paced New York company. So watching that relationship unfold um, I am progressing. I'm in New York City. Let's fast forward to summer 2021. I'm in New York City. This is a visit to Dr. Levine's office. Uh, I'm sitting in LaGuardia. 
I'm watching a Forbes 30 under 30 summit and I'm watching some of the founders and it looks exactly like a setup that Starting Small has, the same structure, but in a live event. At this point, Starting Small is very established. We have a portfolio of around 80 interviews. And I thought to myself, I'm sitting in LaGuardia Airport uh, coming home from Dr. Levine's and I think, wow, I built in a platform here at Starting Small. I have a credible lineup of guests. There has to be a way that I can put on an event at this scale. I know behind these events, at the scale that they're at, there's so much funding, staffing, and the venue that that's going to be my main struggle, which is a massive struggle. But if I can present the guest and the nurtured relationships that I have, these guests support me because I'm selfless in the way that I engage with them, that they will speak on my behalf if I can find the support from the external um, venue, staffing, etc. So sitting in LaGuardia Airport, I sent a message to Professor Stutzman. She's a professor at my university. I pitched Starting Small Summit, a live summit inspiring our community, my university, and uh, aspiring entrepreneurs through Starting Small Live. I want to bring my show live to the university. So I asked her pretty much, I can bring this portfolio of guests if the school can present to me staffing, a venue, and funding to put this event together. At the time, the scale of this event was very small compared to how Starting Small Summit actually unfolded. And they immediately hopped on. The ROI on this, the return on investment for the university to really take part in this, to show credibility, and the, uh, really the benefit on my end as well, it was a win-win opportunity for both of us that we moved forward. So after that, we've had many board meetings all the way until Summit. The Starting Small Summit was April 13, 2022, and the first idea of this was in the summer of 2021. I was sitting in me uh, weekly meetings, and during this, my bandwidth was fully maxed out. I was in school, having full-time classes, working with twice, working with Dr. Levine, working on Starting Small, and working on Starting Small Summit, which Forbes Summit is a full-time job in itself. So I was constructing with meetings every single week, meeting with the board team, meeting with the executives, and organizing schedules on how I can unfold a very successful event. I knew if I was able to put in a successful event here that this would truly transform my career. So this starting small summit, my senior year of college was very vital to really perfect this opportunity. I did not want to mess anything up here because I knew I had the opportunity to bring my show that I have worked on for the past two years at a live scale and present something truly incredible to my community who have who you, you don't really see events and entrepreneurs at this scale really come to my area, my hometown. So it was really cool to put this together. So as we had the guests join, we were constructing on who we want to speak at this panel. And it was all up to my decision on who I feel is really comfortable to speak with me. And it came down to three people. Joe Foster, the founder of Reebok, Stacy Madison, the founder of Stacy's Pita Chips and Be Bold Bars, and Dr. Jonathan B. Levine, the founder of JBL New York City and Glow Science. The reason I picked these three panelists was, well, number one, they're all very close friends of mine now. And number two, they all represent different industries and they're the leaders in their industries. So we have food and beverage, we have sports apparel, and we have healthcare. Stacey Madison had a very successful acquisition to PepsiCo. Joe Foster had a very successful acquisition to Adidas. And Dr. Jonathan B. Levine is revolutionizing dentistry. He's all over the media revolutionizing through aesthetic dentistry. He has over 27 patents to date. And especially if you know the whitening device that a lot of, uh, say, Gen Z uses, the ones that light up in your mouth, he activating, he created the patent behind that product called Glow Science. So having this panel was very important to me 
because not only are they close friends of mine, but they are also trailblazers in their industries. So as Starting Small began to develop, having these meetings, planning out Starting Small Summit, the, the bandwidth needed for an event at this scale was bizarre. I knew that if I was able to put on this event, which was about six months in planning before the event actually happened, it's going to take so much work on my end, both logistically with providing guests, um, everything they need to actually get here. We flew Joe out all the way from London, but also with my school, I'm balancing classes at the time. I'm with twice at the time. I'm with Dr. Levine at the time. I was starting small at the time and I'm planning a full summit, which is like a Forbes 30 summit, which is a full-time job just in itself. So going through my fall year, uh, senior year, starting small summit was unfolding. I plan with all of the assistants, uh, the founders themselves, we get travel logistics down. We talk about sponsorships. I get my whole sponsorship board on and the event unfolds. We skip ahead to April and it's an amazing, an amazing event. Very successful. I'm happy with how everything turned out. We had an amazing volunteer staff. We had staff who has been on all of the board meetings who made the event very fluent. And the overall construction and flow of the event was very smooth. I had an amazing dinner prior to the event so we could really engage me, just me and the speakers engage and really get to know each other closer before we went on stage together. And then that day of the summit on April 13th, 2022 was a experience I will never forget as a 22 year old. As that event concluded that day, the press was there. Um, all the media articles went out and this is where we're going to move into actually where I'm moving currently, which is Los Angeles. This is crazy. The day starting small happened that night, the press goes out, LinkedIn is blowing up. And then I get a message in my inbox. It's from Patrick Schwarzenegger, the son of Arnold Schwarzenegger and Maria Shriver. He's an investor, an actor, and an entrepreneur. And I had him on my podcast in the fall. This is when starting small summit was in just planning stages. I told him about what I'm doing. And in that interview, this is in the fall. He told me, I always invest in the person. And he saw it in me. He, when he invests in startups, he never invests in just the product. He invests in the better you products, better for you products. But he always invests in the founder and the person behind it. He saw that passion in my work and what I've done during my school years. And he told me, when you finish school, contact me. I'm going to hire you. And when Starting Small happened, the Starting Small Summit, I mean, I did not reach out to him. I was completely blown away with the day that even happened. I couldn't even think about even touching my phone that he hit me up that night. He saw the success of the summit and the exact words out of that text was, Hey man, how are you doing? Are you ready to come join us? And at that time I was not finished with school yet. I still had an extra month. I got back to him kind of unsure of the opportunity. If I can really make it happen, going to Los Angeles, coming from South Bend, Indiana. And I filled him in on how successful the summit just was, how successful the past year for starting small was. And it unfolded from there. I got closer and closer to graduation and the opportunity arised. I continued to have some interviews actually set up. Um, a lot of from the summit, a lot of opportunities was proposed to me. Um, it was hard to turn down some of the opportunities, but I couldn't even expect an opportunity like this arise uh, five years ago. All because of starting small, the relationships that have unfolded through the years of managing starting small has been so life-changing at my age that I want to inspire someone my age out there who's 20 years old, teenager, etc., to always value every chance you have in a relationship, no matter what it is. 
if it's a new friend at school, if it's finding a way to talk with a founder or an executive, value the time that you have with them. Everyone has a story to tell. And because of that, you never know where that valued relationship can get you. So moving on to this opportunity with Patrick, that's all because of that nurtured relationship that I established with the show. And all of these have unfolded, the relationship with Dr. Levine, with Twice, with Patrick, that now here we are today, starting Small Summit was just about a month and a half ago. And here we are, I'm planning next week to move to Los Angeles. I went through the interview process to join Mosh, which is their brain bar startup. And I'm the third hire at Mosh for a digital marketing manager. I had talked with Patrick another week after I talked with PJ and Jeff, the other two coworkers with me. And then I talked with Maria Shriver, the other co-founder of Mosh, and I was chosen to join the company. It was really honoring and I'm humbled to join Mosh. I'm really excited for this opportunity. And I'm moving to Los Angeles, a small, small town of South Bend, Indiana, starting my roots here, born and raised, completely have never lived anywhere else, completely lived my whole life through here. And now I have the opportunity to move to Los Angeles, coming from a small university as well, because of a platform I established just to project stories and build relationships, an opportunity like some of the stuff that I've described in this interview or in this uh, video has happened. So I want to thank you guys. This is episode 100. Thank you for following along with my journey. And I hope at the very end of this, I can just inspire one of you guys to really pursue your dreams, whatever it may be. I never wanted to project. The whole goal with starting small, never project uh, myself. I always wanted to highlight the story of whoever it was on the show and project that there is so many incredible people out there and inspiring stories that need to be told that we don't know. And if one of those stories can inspire you to do something, if it's in a certain industry that you want to get into, I highly recommend contacting myself or contacting other industry professionals and find out what it is that they have done and work your way to those goals and never give up. Never let anyone tell you you can't do anything. Value every relationship you have. And if I can leave with one piece, I always conclude each episode with my uh, founders, a piece of advice from them. My piece of advice that have, has completely changed my life, something I've learned is value every relationship. Don't be stagnant in what you do. If you're in school right now, classes are important and should be the forefront, but those are stagnant alone if you don't progress externally. Find opportunities to connect with people who are doing what you want to do and do everything you can to take some time to learn what it is that they have done to get to that position. And you'll be really surprised on the outcome that will be able to be happening. So thank you guys again for following along this journey. Episode 100, this is only the beginning. Take care. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Starting Small. If you would, leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Also, follow Starting Small Pod on social platforms to keep up to date on future guests.